0: hello everybody welcome back to the game by show podcast everyone it's 7 7 uh that's a sunday my name is LeGrand jolly your host joined by jeremy lamont hello hey it's still me i'm still here i've just been hanging out with this air
1: horn just waiting for my chance Wait
0: a minute. hang on a second i got a, i got an app for that hold on
1: <laughs> nice
0: uh so what's going on man
1: uh, you know, I think we're, um, we've made it through Freedom Week, we are now into post-Freedom Week, we're now into, uh, Dystopia Week, uh, Future Dystopia, so, <laughs> that's, that's about it, sent, sent the kids off to Yellowstone for the week, so I'm just, uh, playing some video games and, you know, reading some video game news, more to the point, that's what yeah. I, that's what I do in my spare time, I just
0: kinda like, What a nerd! Yeah, such a nerd. It's true. Hey, remember on the last episode when Jeremy said he was going to come over to my house for the Fourth of July festivities? Well, he did. I did. I did. It happened. I did, and we
1: did some VR. We did. Uh, We did drink the Liberty Brew. We did do also do that. My life has never been the same since then. It's been pretty good, hasn't it? It rearranged my DNA. It's my superhero origin story. (laughs) Yeah. Now I, uh, now I I drip freedom out of my nostrils. Happened. There was a game by show meetup. Two of the four. We did it. We had hamburgers. We did. I mean, we did all kinds of. Played ninja versus ninja. We played some damn board games.
0: Yeah, that's what you do on the fourth of July when it's raining. Yeah, it is. Board games, video games, fireworks. It was kind of cold, coldish outside. Yeah, it was perfect. It was, it was per- perfect
1: weather here in Salt Lake City, Utah.
0: It was nice today too. Holy cow, it was really nice. Perfect day. I'm gonna write a song about it,
1: uh, or a rap maybe. How's it gonna go? Uh, it's gonna go. Uh. <laughs> Put me on the spot for my rap. <laughs> uh, hey man,
0: I thought you could freestyle that.
1: I I, I freestyle it with uh, you know a little bit of uh, auto tune and it, it all. Let,
0: let, me, let me tell you about this rapper I found on Twitch one night. So I okay. I frequent the uh, music Twitch channel category I guess yeah. on a regular basis, uh, trying to find good people who play the piano. I was I was going to say pianists, but then the sounds kind of funny. Yes, it does. No, so I that. didn't. I was trying to find uh, some piano music on the music channel, and all of my favorites that I listen to on the regular uh, were not streaming. But I found this rapper, and his name is The Dapper Rapper. The Dapper Rapper. He was rapping all sorts of stuff. And you know what the cool thing was is he would, like, take the chat, and he would, like, whenever anyone would put anything in the chat, he would include it in his raps. And wow. that was just what he did. He would just freestyle a rap for like 10 minutes nonstop, and he would just use the the twist chat as, and he would rhyme it, and it would all flow together, and it was amazing. I think I would yeah. probably
1: just make everything sound like the first level of Parappa the Rapper. It would be Chop Chop Master Onion over and over again, <laughs> and that's how I rap.
0: I, I thought it would be in the rain or in the snow. Yeah, got, got the, got the, the funky, funky flow. Funky flow, yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. Uh, Parappa the Rapper, the good stuff right yeah, it's there. it's good stuff. Now that our our start of show banter is over. Yes. We're
1: we cutting that off right now. It's over. OK.
0: OK. So that's done now. Uh, let's move on to the news. Yeah. Jeremy, that's what we do. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Top of the week news. Uh, we're going
1: to start out with some. I, I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news. I generally took it when Microsoft announced at E3 that they purchased uh, Double Fine. Uh, they had announced a while back that they purchased Ninja Theory and they purchased. Uh, I don't know. People can fly. They, they purchased a bunch of things. And I generally felt that that was a negative development for me personally. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment are now on record. The president and CEO Jim Ryan talking to the Nihon Kaizai Shimbun uh, that they are considering mergers and acquisitions of game development companies. Uh, he said uh, that according to... Um, according to his reckoning, uh, with companies like Google starting to do their thing, um, Epic game store is, you know, he didn't say this, but you know, Epic game store is now making moves into the PC. Uh, you gotta find ways to distinguish yourself and that's going to be through software. So he says that content is becoming more important than ever before companies new to the games industry. Looking at the market with hope is something we definitely welcome because they want to eat it. They want to eat that hope. Um, he says, Sony interactive entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. They have big, big assets.
0: What kind of assets?
1: Yeah, they just, they're, they, you know, they're in the rain or in the snow. They got the funky, funky flow. Is, it's a direct quote from Jim And now Ryan.
0: they really got to go. They
1: really got to go. Do we feel that it is a positive thing for companies like these platform holders to consolidate? Like, do you welcome that news or do you, is that something you would resist?
0: Uh, I think it's fine. All right. I think there's always going to be great and up and coming indie developers to replace indie developers that are bought up by big studios, and I think it's fine. Because right. then it puts the talent talent of those people with a good budget and then it allows them to kind of flourish a little bit more in a lot of cases. Here's the thing that I really like about this. Sony above
1: all other platform holders seems like they get the biggest bang for their buck when they add first and second party companies into their into their roster, right? You end up with things like that game company, uh, you know, Flow and Flower and Journey. Uh, you end up with, um, you know, second party. Well, well, first party studios, Sony Japan, doing things like, uh, you know, your Shadow of the Colossus and Last Guardian. Um, you know, when they when they had Insomniac as a as a dedicated second party. I mean, you you end up with things like um, um, Spider Man or. Uh, oh, yeah. or Ratchet and Clank or whatever, and Michael, Bloodborne and
0: Sekiro, yeah. right? Those are PlayStation exclusives. Uh,
1: I don't think Sekiro is, but but Bloodborne was uh, is, and I, it just feels like Sony sort of curates that stuff better than Microsoft ever did, or better certainly than Nintendo.
0: Well, Microsoft is definitely focusing on that more now. I mean, this is yes. This is not as much news for Sony. Well, maybe it is a little bit more news, but Microsoft's definitely been doing their thing, too. Sort
1: sort of. I mean, we've reported on this from Microsoft's standpoint. It must have been a year and a half ago. And and it's only now that we're starting to see like, oh, yeah, we bought this company. We bought that company. And it'll be, you know, time beyond that before we actually see that begin to bear fruit. So this is, you know, look forward to our report on this in 2023 when Sony actually does something with this for the PlayStation (laughs) 5. Uh, but I found Sounds that kind good. of interesting, and uh, I guess look forward to some announcements soon about who Sony's hope is uh, is going to gobble up. Uh, in the meantime, while we wait for Sony to do that stuff, all of the uh, hot news, all of the world exclusives are being revealed. Uh, the Last of Us 2, we appear to have a leaked release date and possibly some SKUs here for, uh, for that upcoming game. Uh, on the internet, we have, uh, I think it was... Uh, Daniel, I can't think of his name, but over at Resetera, let's say that, uh, says that in February 2020 is when we are to expect The Last of Us 2. Uh, We also have the editions, uh, four different editions are going to be released for The Last of Us 2. The Standard Edition, the Special Edition, the Collector's Edition, and the Ellie Edition.
0: Oh, my man.
1: Uh, So I don't know what that means for me personally. I guess we're just going to, you know, kind of wait for that to actually come out. Is it on Game Pass? Uh, not currently, not on Microsoft's Game Pass. Uh, no, not interested. Not interested in that. Uh, you know, the, f- the funny thing is, though, that Death Stranding is looking like it's going to be in November. Uh, so it's actually going to come out before The Last of Us 2, weirdly. That is uh, weird. Yeah, kind of, kind of a weird thing. Uh, but anyway. Are, are, are you interested in Last
0: of Us 2? Did you beat the first one? Oh, I love The Last
1: of Us. I was, I was a late comer to The Last of Us. I was like snarkily every time for that year and a half when The Last of Us was winning Game of All Time awards for, you know, about 18 months uh i was like oh come on give me a break come on give me a break are we going to talk about this again i was on twitter snarking it up and then i actually played it for myself and it was awesome (laughs) so yes i
0: uh in in fact you know i i'm i'm to the point where i played last of us right when it came out and i really really liked it mm -hmm. uh but i i don't know man i'm not feeling the hype on this yet really For me,
1: Uh, I just I just feel like Naughty Dog in particular has done such a good job just keeping me, you know, you you can have a game that is cool for technology reasons and you have you can have a game that's cool for really good storytelling and things that sort of capture you and compel you. Naughty Dog does both of those things pretty consistently. Um, so I, I, I'd i be willing to bet that once the thing is in front of your face or, or you know, within your grasp, uh, I'd be willing to bet that you'll 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 feel the hype. You'll feel
0: it. So do you think we're going to see a February or a December 2020 PS5 release like launch? Yeah, that's a great question. A version of this? I, I
1: don't think it's going to launch on that, but I, I feel pretty confident that it'll be a cross generational game. There'll be a PlayStation 4 and then a PlayStation 5 version of The Last of Us 2. Pretty sure.
0: Yeah yeah i agree we'll do that with the other one did you play the other one on playstation 3 or 4 uh,
1: i played it originally on ps3 and then i have the remastered edition that i kind of on again off again play through on the ps4
0: yeah Ah, cool cool oh yeah we played it didn't we play it on the stream once uh we did yes we the multiplayer. Totally oh
1: we got mutilated uh in public it was uh <laughs> it was a, it was a very game bites when
0: episode. you come into a multiplayer game that's like i don't know a year old and you just want to try it out uh you're probably not going to be very good yeah, against no. the people who have been playing it for a year. We
1: got stumped and especially when it's like non-standard play modes and stuff and you're like I just want to know what's going on. Uh yeah. yeah, it was it was no no bueno. Uh speaking of something else that was no bueno, uh Sony's actually changed the lineup for the July PlayStation Plus games. Uh, They had originally uh, announced a uh, racing game called Horizon Chase Zero and then the Konami soccer game, PES 2019, and apparently that went over uh, so poorly that Sony has actually swapped out the PES 2019 listing for Detroit Become Human in July. So uh, that, I guess, we will sort of forego that for our freebies section, but uh, they did that, and uh, apparently Konami wasn't really made aware of this. They, uh, you know, I guess they were probably happy to see that it had been selected for PlayStation Plus and in a statement to GameSpot a representative from Konami said the decision was made by Sony and so please make an inquiry to Sony. <laughs> 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 so they, they so i guess they didn't have much to, to say about themselves
0: you know what sony should have done they should have just put both on there
1: yeah yeah they don't were take, that worried don't about take something it, just, off you know come on yeah. throw us a bone man i i still you know since they took off the vita and the ps3 stuff i mean i realize that people probably weren't using it and sure it probably doesn't cost them any you know less for for people who acquire the things and then don't get them but you know, give us three things one month. Just, just give us three.
0: Does it matter? Yeah. No, not really. Uh, yeah. So I, I now have Beyond Two Souls on, I believe, the PlayStation 4 and Detroit Become Human now, and I haven't played either of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did play Beyond Two Souls. Remember,
1: I talked about it on the show. I played it on that, uh, that two-player mode using SharePlay, because you can actually play. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty all right, and it's got Willem Dafoe in it, so it's, you know, a little scary. So it's even better. Yeah, a little, little scary, a little Okay. Uh, so anyway, if you're uh, if you were looking for P- looking forward to PES 2019, so sorry, uh, Konami also was looking forward to that. So sorry, Konami. Uh, here's something that's kind of weird. Uh, I've got a, a a thing here about the rarest video game in the world, quote unquote. Uh, is on eBay right now for almost $100,000. Uh, funny thing is, this is a game that probably, uh, very few people have probably heard of. It's called Extraterrestrials. Terrestrials. Uh, it was released in 1983 for the Atari 2600, and only 100 copies of Extra Terrestrials was ever made, and only four of them are known to exist today. Uh, the, uh, the game is... Uh, was listed at ninety thousand U.S. dollars, uh, and remember, we actually talked a couple months back f- about the uh, that rare version of Super Mario Brothers, the one that was only circulated in the sort of the pre-release New York right. City area, and that one uh, got up there. But I think this is, um, I think this outstrips that. Uh, no one has bid on this, so ninety thousand dollars is still the bid. If you are looking for a an acceptable condition uh, copy of Extraterrestrials. <laughs> On the Atari 2600, um, I know where you can go. You can go check it out at uh, eBay.com, the website.
0: Well, guess what? There, if you um, if you sign up for an eBay credit card, you can save five dollars.
1: Whoa! You know that would actually be a pretty good opportunity to get a percentage. Deal like a coupon or something, and they yeah, you know, like 15% off, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <level>, 90,000, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, but uh, anyway. yeah, there's, like, there's
0: like on the eBay listing, there's like a uh, a link at the bottom that says, Hey, pay only wow. 89,995. You know what?
1: That's going to be my new profile photo. Oh, it's a I
0: coupon like... code for
1: five dollars off. That's what it is. I like that. I like that. That's going to be my new thing. Uh, meanwhile, trying to save a buck over in the United Kingdom, uh, TIGA, which is the United Kingdom's kind of like their entertainment software association. I was actually trying to look this up to find out what it stands for. It's probably like the interactive games Association. association. Yeah, that's gotta be it uh the 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 is yeah it's (laughs)
0: that's what the t stands for it's gotta
1: be it's gotta be it's guy you know honestly i looked around for like 10 minutes to figure out nobody nobody talks about what it stands for so i don't know anyway so uh france actually had launched a joint
0: the independent game developers association
1: there's a d in there
0: the independent independent game Developers. (laughs) Developers. So, <laughs> yeah, there
1: you go. All right, I got it. It makes sense.
0: That didn't take too long for me to find it, dude. It was, just, it was one. Uh,
1: I one looked all century. over it. That's stupid. My idea was better. Uh, anyway, so France is <laughs> actually. So, you got this Brexit thing going on, right? So, the European Union is trying to uh, kind of attract game developers into its. Fold into its economic system by offering uh, tax breaks and, uh, you know, they're they're sort of assuming that a bunch of UK people are going to be, and and we've talked about this in the news, but, uh, you know, folks in the United Kingdom are fairly uncertain about their financial future, I guess, when it comes to their tax benefits and and those sorts of things. Uh, So uh, now TIGA, the Interactive Game Developers Association, uh, is offering uh, to uh, start a fund, uh, a video games investment fund, uh, which um, is not currently in process, but this is what they've proposed to improve studios' access to finance, continuing to strengthen education and skills, and enabling studios to access highly skilled people from overseas following Brexit. Uh, the idea is that the fund would offer studios between, uh, and this is in British pounds, 75,000 pounds and 500,000 pounds. Uh, which would create, according to TIGA, 1,500 jobs and encourage like a ton of a uh, ton of money and all kinds of things. This is just kind of the beginning of the big push and pull. I think. I mean, we tend to think of European game developers. I mean, aside from the guys in like the Czech Republic making, I don't know, uh, you know, War of the Roses or or you know whatever. Um, I tend to think of companies like. Uh, Bullfrog or, or Lionhead or any number of other companies that Peter Molyneux has destroyed. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, I, I tend to think of the United Kingdom itself. I mean, you've got Media Molecule there, you've got, uh, Creative Assembly. Um, I mean, there are all kinds of developers there and, um, even, you know, large-scale, small-scale developers. But the question is, is that going to be the case uh, going forward? So this is sort of the beginning of what will probably be a big tug-of-war over the next little bit uh, as these economic entities try to capture and retain the um, the industry in in their own little sphere of influence. So I guess we'll maybe look forward to a little bit more news in the future about that, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Xbox Scarlet, this is going to be the Xbox two t w o or you know i don't know what they're going to call it uh but uh, we we've, we've talked it's just
0: called the x bone
1: yeah <laughs> uh so they, uh, amazing. they they haven't named it yet but we actually have a little bit of information uh for some reports that have uh, talked about having multiple SKUs of Xbox scarlet uh and um there was a a report or i don't know how solid this is but we talked uh, about the possibility that the future of video games uh, might go to more of a streaming model and uh, there is talk right now that microsoft will be releasing a SKU that will go between sixty dollars and a hundred dollars and will be streaming only so it'll essentially be a thin client uh, micro console maybe have very little power and um, ultimately just stream those those games the way that we've seen, uh, you know, Google Stadia doing, for example. Um, and, and, you know, the difference is with something like Stadia, all you have to buy is the controller. Uh, so I, I don't know how this will stack up in terms of the consumer attractiveness quotient but uh i guess xbox having their game pass and that sort of thing i mean it's it's just a way that potentially you could be playing those games over um you know over 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 some new hardware potentially for very little money if Um, it was
0: 60 dollars, i legit would buy that day one immediately yeah yep just to try it out, you know, yeah. and see if that worked enough for me, that'd be worth six. I, I
1: think so too. I would actually. I think I am ready to get in on the leading edge of. I, I'm ready to really aggravate my ISP. Ultimately, is I think what I'm interested in <laughs> It's really pushing yeah, my I've bandwidth. Got, limit I've got
0: unlimited bandwidth, and I double checked that, which is the reason why I moved from Comcast is because I was hitting my bandwidth caps. Yeah, and my new provider does not have a cap. Therefore, I'm all in on this. If it, if it works, if yeah. it works, man, I'm I'm down with this future. I'm Absolutely. Okay with it. I agree with you, especially for a console. And the thing is, is man, because of that Game Pass, I'm going to pimp that again. But yeah, I get that for sixty bucks on day one, and yeah, it's not like it's coming a lot out of my pocket. Or have a secondary one of these in the house for sixty bucks? Absolutely. Get one for every
1: room. I mean, for sure. Absolutely. Might as well. Well, we've talked a little bit about Sony. We've talked a little bit about Microsoft. Uh, according to uh, legal requirements, we are obligated to give a little bit of equal time here to Nintendo. And uh, this was kind of funny. In a uh, investor conference call during their recent shareholder Q and A, the company present Shuntaro Furukawa was asked uh, what they might do at Nintendo if they were ever to experience a hostile takeover scenario, or uh, you know, if if another company wanted to essentially purchase the house of Mario so that they could you know, do whatever they wanted with that intellectual property. Uh, and it turns out they actually have a strategy for this. I actually found this kind of interesting. Uh, Furukawa said that Nintendo doesn't have any actual anti-takeover measures but he said that they do have systems in place uh, on a corporate scale to counter that. He says, we have not adopted what are generally called anti-takeover measures. However, in the case that we face a hostile takeover that would damage the value of the company or the common interest of the company's shareholders, we do have systems in place both within the company and in connection with outside X experts for such an occurrence to take all legal and appropriate steps against it, even if we have not proactively put preventive measures in place. Uh, he said that the company would continue to consider how it would respond to these sorts of things in the future. Going forward, we will continue to investigate how we would respond to a hostile takeover. I think at some point, like Nintendo honestly is kind of in this weird position. Think about like Ubisoft uh, that, w- you know, for years was was dealing with um, one particular shooter, Vivendi. Remember we talked about that for a couple of years? Finally, they yeah. gave up. But Nintendo is in this position where they're not like a mega company, right? Like we know about them a lot. They make plenty good money, but they're not really on the order of like an Apple or a, you know. I mean, if Apple wanted to to, you know, as a publicly traded company... Um, essentially force the purchase of Nintendo, they could make a pretty strong case for that Um, and and there you've got like a built-in you know, intellectual property, user base, you know, console infrastructure all of that and um, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought and I'm sure that people at Nintendo, I was actually kind of impressed that Furukawa actually had, you know a a response to this, but you know they've got to be thinking about that stuff and they're probably thinking about it more and more uh, as time goes on so I I thought that would... Well, uh, according
0: to my Apple... my Apple phone, Apple iPhone stock yeah. market app, stock app, uh-huh. which I follow. Nintendo, uh, they are their market cap is forty-four and a half billion dollars.
1: Okay, so it's a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that a company like Apple keeps that much sitting in bank accounts because they don't know what to do with the, the money that they've got. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, for for a company like Nintendo, potentially, I mean, it's not a small take, but uh, it is something that they uh, probably have to spend a little bit of time on. Uh, the no. last item is a Nintendo item, and, uh, you know, as prepared as Nintendo is to repel a, a, a non-friendly takeover effort, uh, they are not prepared to comment on rumors of a new Switch model. Uh, and here's the reason. Uh, Furukawa, again, in this shareholders Q&A session says that it would spoil the surprise for consumers. Um... He says, while we are aware that there have been coverage to that effect, meaning that there would be a new switch model, we cannot comment in regards to speculation and rumors about new hardware or software. It would spoil the surprise for consumers and is against the interests of our shareholders, so we are withholding any discussion. We are constantly developing new hardware and new software. We'll let you know as soon as anything is ready to be announced. And he used that picture of uh, Thor from, you know, where he's making that, like, squinchy face. Like, hmm. So uh yeah so we're we're going to we're going to just leave it to to Nintendo to let us know what's going on. And that is all the news that we've got for this week.
0: All right. Well, I've got some new releases for you courtesy of tech-gaming.com. Uh, not a lot to go on, but I did look at some titles of games that looked like they may be more interesting and I put them on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh first of all, Stranger Things 3, the game. Um this is a tie-in with the released uh, Stranger Things Season 3 that came out on July 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jeremy's watched the whole thing. Guys- I did. I did. I watched it. I watched it all. Cool. So, it's okay. Well, play the game now, I guess. No. Uh, I put this <laughs> on here for purely um, personal reasons. Terraria is now out on the Nintendo Switch. All about it. All about it. This I- is my most played game on Steam.
1: You know, I so. wonder if it's going to have, because cross-platform is a thing for the versions of Terraria that are out right now. I wonder if that's... I don't think so.
0: The consoles, consoles have always been behind the PC.
1: Well, I know that like the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and Vita versions would work together. So I guess maybe that's what I meant.
0: Well, that'd be sweet. But I know that as far as like PC versus console parity, PC's been ahead. Yeah. And they are planning one big major update that's coming later this year. They announced that during the PC Gamer Show at at E3. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, I'm all about Terraria, man. Every time I like feel like, oh, I'm going to play a little bit of Terraria, I end up playing Terraria for like 40 hours. It
1: always had much more of a pull for me than anything Minecraft ever did. Um, It's good. Good stuff.
0: Yes, it is good. Uh Sea of Solitude. This is a game uh that is being published by EA. I'm actually installing this business right now. Nice on, since I have Origin Access. Uh it is part of their Origin Access games. And it's actually in the vault. So it's a game, so even if you don't have the uh premiere version, I believe you can still play this game. I don't know, but anyways, it looks like it's a pretty interesting game. Um so it looked kind of artsy and neat. So I downloaded it. All right. Cool. And I'm going to look at it, I guess. Maybe let us know about it. Uh, also. Yeah. And then also uh, there's a game called soul Seraph, which is coming out for all the things. Uh, this is a game that also another one of those where I looked at the titles and oh that may be something neat. And I looked it up and it looks like it's something uh, fairly interesting where it's a combination of side scrolling platformer, um, you know, action game mixed with some sort of a strategy, City building element, uh, which is a cool combination. It looks pretty as well, and it's on all the things. And it's only like fifteen dollars. Yeah, so. didn't
1: you say that's a Sega game?
0: Yeah, Sega's publishing it as well. Hmm. So, all right. Um, yeah, I believe that comes out this week as well. Let me just double check. Well, it does come out this week. I don't think it's out yet. It comes out like on the tenth or something. Yeah, published by Sega, developed by Ace Team. Oh, those comes guys. July, July tenth. Um.
1: All right, so, so yeah. after you finish playing Rock of Ages and uh, you know whatever else, you can play Soul Seraph.
0: That's right. Looks kind of cool. So I might I might give it a look for what fifteen dollars, whatever it is. Why not? And uh, that's all the new releases. Uh, there's also on Twitch Prime in July you can get the games for the King. You can get the Escapists, which my kids love. Uh, Cultist Simulator and Ukulele. That's the Kickstarter. Wanna be. Uh, whatever ratchet and game? Uh,
1: no it was uh, more like banjo kazooie yeah oh that's right banjo kazooie uh, i would actually i got to say if your kids like playing the escapist i could never figure that game out i on, i tried as an adult and uh, and couldn't so the next time they
0: play it a lot
1: maybe they can teach me <laughs> because i just couldn't i couldn't figure it out i know that there was sometimes you could like hide soap in a sock and beat people with it but i never knew what to do after that so i just ran i'd like go you know do my job in the laundry and then like hit somebody with some soap and then i figured that's what prison life is all about
0: uh overcooked is free on the epic game store and the cycle is also a free game on the epic game store so go and pick those up
1: yeah thanks free, to-
0: and it's also free to download the epic game store and so if you want to get up to date uh freebies and deals uh, make sure you get join our discord channel and go to the that tab that's all about that
1: yeah that's right those were both community submitted uh freebies so thanks to our eagle Eye discord
0: users i did notice there's a pretty decent sale going on the psn uh right now uh they actually had uh uh, Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey for like $30 for both of them together. You have to buy them as a bundle. Oh. They're not on sale individually. I, maybe Orange's is, but you can't get um, Odyssey individually on sale. But if you want the two of them for $30, that's a pretty decent. Interesting. It a lot of content for...
1: $15 bucks for each. That. That's real and decent. They're
0: doing that with a few things. Like uh, The other thing that they were doing, Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2 were also available in a combo pack like that as well. Uh, But you couldn't buy Watch Dogs 1 or 2 individually on sale. So huh. uh, Ubisoft's kind of mixing things up with their package deals, which is kind of unfortunate because I already have Origins, and I want to look at I want to try out Odyssey uh, eventually.
1: Oh, yeah. It'd be cool but if they I'm could probably give probably you credit for it or old. something.
0: Yeah. Right. Or maybe do kind of what um, – What is that? There's like a, some sort of a – Is it – uh? Well, like, oh, what they did on, on Heroes of the Storm. Um, if you already owned, like, a, if there's, like, a bundle of, like, skins or something and you already own some, it would adjust the price.
1: Yeah, Steam does um, that, too. If you get a bundle on Steam, it'll...
0: Do they? Yeah. I don't think Steam
1: yeah, does Yeah, well, and maybe it's case by case, but I've had situations where, for example, I couldn't gift something because, I, I guess, because it, it does adjust stuff like that. And I, I'm pretty sure sometimes it, it actually will if you, really? if you already have some things, yeah. And it might not be like within the bundle, but if it's if it's packaged like a bunch of DLC, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it adjust the price. Yeah,
0: hmm. I have not seen that, but sounds good to me. All
1: right. Real good. Well, for our topic today, uh, we actually had a uh, kind of a this is something that the grand was thinking of. Uh, and We kind of talked about it a little bit before the show. And so I want to throw it out there uh, to you and, of course, to our listeners to consider submitted for your approval. Uh, and, and this idea was kind of thinking about game genres, whether they're existing or emerging new genres. It tends to be these days that in any given video game genre, there tends to be sort of a king of the hill effect. And uh, someone ends up on top and may, maybe you end up with a couple of them. Uh, but Legrand, you had even used the example of League of Legends versus Dota, both well known. Dota has the international every year, but Dota is not really challenging League of Legends in terms of popularity. It's just League is League is up there. It's at the top of the heap. Yeah, and
0: it seems like this is uh in particular um part of like the multiplayer online competitive game. games kind of yeah. exist outside of this, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the question is, uh what do we think it takes to get to the top? Uh and, and I also kind of added the question about how that appeals to us individually as gamers, you and me, if we're looking at a game that we want to play, does the popularity of the game, just the fact that it's in front of us more, that everybody's talking about it, that our friends are playing it, does that appeal to us and does that affect our, you know, prioritizing that game over others in our, you know, of the, of the hundreds of video games that are at our disposal in any given moment, um, you know, how does that affect us as well?
0: Does that, does that well, feel like I, I to that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, uh, what kind of got me thinking about this uh, was a couple things. First of all, um, the auto chess thing. That's just kind of becoming a new um, emerging genre that may or may not stick in the long run. My opinion is it's not really a long run game. Um, but that that's the thing. Also, the game Heroes of the Storm. So in the MOBA space... I played plenty of League of Legends. I played a decent amount of Dota. I played Dota Original on you know the Warcraft Three mod, and then played League of Legends. I played Heroes of New Earth, which eventually went away. Yeah. Um, and I also played plenty of Dota Two, and I played a lot of Heroes of the Storm, probably on par with as much as I played uh, League of Legends. Um, there was a, a zillion different MOBAs that that came out and tried to do their thing. You know, you had the the Middle Earth one that came out, and you had you know these other ones that tried to kind of break into that space and ultimately you know even Heroes of the Storm that's you know published by you know Activision and developed by Blizzard is um usually Blizzard doesn't you know is there for the long run and they're the game that kind of is the, the dominant but yeah. in this case at least that's what they're used to right and in this case uh Heroes of the Storm just never could crack the egg of League of Legends and um Dota 2 yeah uh, i think it got its own it's, its its own user base but ultimately i mean this year Blizzard came out and Basically announced that they were shutting things down and slowing down development and basically turn it into a classic game as far as their lexicon goes.
1: Let me let me ask you this, just in kind of as an adjacent question to what we were already talking about. Since since you bring up um uh Heroes of the Storm, if a company can't get to the top of the heap, is it better for them just to can it? I mean, is it better for Blizzard to to get rid of the game? But I mean, let's be pragmatic about it. I know that you were a fan of Hots and and played it a lot. Um, but from their standpoint, if they can't be the number one, if they can't be the number two, if they can't be the number three, is there any reason for them to stay in that in that space?
0: I think it just I I think it just depends on their priorities and where they feel like they can make the biggest impact to their bottom line, because ultimately, these companies are in in business to make money. And if they feel like they could move the development staff away from heroes of the storm to say overwatch two or another emerging game that they're working on and that will ultimately be better for the company in the long run then i feel like that's the uh, smart business move to do regardless of what i how i feel about the game it just makes sense yeah Uh, the weird thing is though is that um as soon as they kind of announced that hey this game is going away i immediately stopped playing it like i was playing it basically every day if not every other day. Yeah. I was playing Heroes of the Storm and as soon as they made that announcement, I went cold turkey and just stopped playing it. Oh, wow. Um, ultimately, I was at a LAN party over the weekend and ended up playing a couple of rounds of Heroes of the Storm uh, against all local in-house people. So there was 10 people that were playing this all together. Ended up being a lot of fun and it, it kind of made me think like, well, why, why did I even stop playing this game? Because the game itself is still a blast to play. Yeah, sure. And there's still plenty of content to be had and plenty of competition to be had in that game. Why did Why did I quit and you know, it's just kind of like, it seems like a weird reason. Yeah. Know, to,
1: to so so if you interrogate yourself on that, I mean, how how much does the king of the hillness? How does it have to be the top dog in order to to capture you? As far as multiplayer or competitive games go, I mean, uh, let, let, let me let me give you let me give you this example because I know that you played a lot of the Elder Scrolls uh Legends, right? The the card right. game. There are you are you still?
0: I haven't played that game in a. A while. How about
1: Hearthstone? Maybe that's maybe that's a bad
0: example. I also have you're... not played Hearthstone yeah. in a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I I did not feel bad. And here's the thing: is I knew that Heroes of the Storm was basically third place in the MOBA genre. Yeah, you know, with League and Dota two followed by Heroes of the Storm. Um, and uh, I still played it because I felt like it was the better game, and I had more fun playing it than I, play, I had playing the other games. Um, and same with Hearthstone, and I kind of just got tired of Hearthstone mm-hmm. and I felt that Elder Scrolls Legend was fun uh, enough for me to put money into it and play it. And uh, uh, ultimately, it was not the top game. It's probably maybe number two or three with you know Hearthstone being the king. Right, right. Uh, and who knows when that's going to end. And that's kind of the question is um, what's going to happen to like Magic the Gathering card game that's trying to kind of gain a foothold? What's going to happen to Elder Scrolls Legends that they're still supporting and releasing content for? Um, Are those going to eventually go away or is that going to they going to stick around? Is it?
1: Yeah. And and I think it's probably going to be real dependent. So my my take on all of this is no one can ever know, Uh, you know, as far as how do you get to the top of the pile to begin with, uh, you know, something like Fortnite that uh, was not in anybody's top of any... I mean, it wasn't even... People weren't even thinking <laughs> about Fortnite when it was the Save the World mode, right? So well, they
0: were actively hating it, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, but then... basically where it was
1: Somehow, at. a number of factors came together for the Battle Royale mode, and I don't think that anybody at Chair or at Epic or... I mean, that you know, certainly they would have hoped, or, you know, when they build something, they want it to be good and they want it to catch on, but as far as catching on like it did, I think the number of elements that come into play to bring a game like that just hurtling to the top, I don't think anybody can predict it or anybody can know. In retrospect, and in fact, I'm not even sure in retrospect, That we can know that stuff because people will say like, oh, well, you know, it was free and okay, well, you know, Team Fortress had been I'm pretty sure Team Fortress had been free for a long time. Uh, The mode itself was kind of neat and new, but, you know, there were other games that had already been doing that. Was it the art style? Was it the dancing? It was kind of a little bit of everything in this weird salad, this weird, you know. Just melange of of, well, of things that I just don't think anybody can know. Sometimes even after the fact,
0: it, it was it was kind of a weird a weird thing. I think that a PUBG was a little bit janky. It wasn't quite yet out yet. Yeah, so it was still kind of a in beta. Uh, had its own technical issues. Um, Epic had a game that they had been working on for like five years. So the guts were all there. Yeah, and they were able to pivot quickly and throwing a battle royale game with good mechanics um, that ran well because they've been working on it for five years, the the, the engine or whatever, Uh, plus they they own the engine. Um, And so I think that they were able to pivot quickly and kind of uh, make something. And somehow, man, they just drop some good marketing and got the kids caring about that game yeah. somehow, right? yeah
1: well and that's you know part of it too the younger demographic the the youtube the shareability of it you know the fact that you could stream it and you have people like ninja or or whoever that uh you know made it fun to watch and you know i i never watched i, I watched the guy once on that that first stream that he did with um was it was it Drake or who? I Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I was like, oh, that's weird. And so did Didn't a whole bunch of oh, people. Oh, he streamed with
0: Drake, too. I, I, thought, think, I thought it right? was Drake
1: at first. Um, but and, and then now we have Apex Legends, which for a while looked like it was going to be, you know, but I, I think that we're sort of pulling back from that. I think it's star might be falling a little bit. And why is that? I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like there's there are so many stupid, unknowable things that affect the the communal popularity of something that it's just unknowable. And I know that's not, that's kind of a cop-out answer, I guess. But, um, you know, if, if if we could figure it out or if some marketing genius or some statistical ec- economist or, or someone, of course they would, you know, f- they would be able to triangulate the exact way to market or to release or to develop. Um, but I think it's just one of those things where no, nobody really can know. And, and you know, back to... Uh, the uh, the earlier comments or the the earlier point that you were making about um um uh you know about whether a company whether it's in a company's interest to to be number two or to be number three um you know like you said they're not running public goodwill operations here you know they they kind of need to be doing that. But, you know, the other thing is that there can be games that make good money for a company and help to stabilize the finances of a company so that they can then take their next risk, too. So... Right. Uh, You know, I I, I don't know. But then we have churn with, you know, new. So, for example, what's going to happen right now with the auto chess stuff? I mean, there's three or four big contenders right now for that. Is that even going to be a thing? I don't know. It doesn't look like it's exploding onto the scene. It seems like it
0: it seems like all of them are just trying to be that one. Right. It seems like they all want to get in and and riots like, okay, we got to do something, too. You know, yeah. For some reason, we have all these characters. We can dump this this thing throw this thing together and so they put together whatever they call theirs and yeah. Um I, I've played two of the three. Um I feel like I like the Dota one better and that's only and, and for me in, in this case with the auto chess genre, um I feel like the Dota one is sticking with me a little bit more because I know the characters. Because yeah. I played original Dota and I played Dota 2, where the uh, the self-branded auto chess game has just no-name characters to me and i think that the characters itself in that game kind of are going to help yeah um th- regardless of the mechanics of you know whatever yeah um yeah it's something that it really anybody could put together an auto chess game i mean you could take like uh you know super smash brothers and add auto chess to it yeah be- <laughs> or, or
1: i mean you could do the same thing with like fps type games i mean and and sometimes it's the characters and their uh Caricatures, I guess, or or their you know whatever you make of those characters. For example, Overwatch. I mean, Overwatch was, by my estimation, a pretty middling, you know, hero character shooter type thing, but people really fell in love with the animations and the personalities of of the characters, yep. and that doesn't yeah, really that, have that any, game was very
0: driven by that, right? And it doesn't
1: have any real bearing on the the mechanical. You know, you don't even see the character that you're playing as, right? You see everybody else, but somehow that became, for a hot, you know, two years, three years or whatever, um, maybe even today. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's really toppled Overwatch right now as far as competitive first-person shooters. I I can't think of one. Um, but that, that was the defining characteristic for that game. So I think when you're looking, at, it's like you have to take every single situation for its own unique set of circumstances. And that being the case, I I just don't know that we can really say what actually brings a game to the top of the heap like that. I can tell you from my personal standpoint, I don't tend to... Really be interested. In fact, you know, if something's super popular, I tend to kind of shy away from it a little bit because I feel like, well, there's, you know, other stuff out there that could be taking my attention. Lots of other people are are talking about this one and it's getting plenty of airtime. I, I tend to shy away from it a little bit, but, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll dip my toe into Fortnite or Overwatch or, or whatever, just to kind of see what's going on. But um, I, I tend not to... You know, if something's popular, it's it's almost more of a reason for me to kind of look somewhere else for something to do.
0: And then, yes. you, then you get Last of Us, right? That's yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And then I'm late to the party, making <laughs> jokes about it and looking like an ass on social media. So somebody
0: stopped me from doing that. But uh, so, just to bring this back around to Heroes of the Storm, just because I'm selfish. Yeah, sure, do it. Um, so Mike Morheim was the CEO, president of Blizzard, uh, the co-founder of Blizzard. Um, and he stepped down. Um, at last BlizzCon, basically announced his retirement. He's leaving and he's left now and he's gone. He's, so he's not, he's no longer a part of Blizzard officially. Mm. Um, and so he, he was at an event, at an event called uh, Game Lab in Barcelona, Spain. And somebody asked him about Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he heard this news, but uh, he actually said in this, in, when they asked him, he said, first of all, I think Heroes Team made a great game. One of my regrets is we didn't pursue Dota early enough. Dota was very popular, and we were very focused on World of Warcraft at the time. There were more people playing Dota than Warcraft 3. Um, so it's kind of an interesting you know, statement that... And it's funny that, to think that a, a company such as Blizzard, you know, they basically birthed the genre um, uh, of... You know, the the genre of MOBAs was kind of birthed in their backyard. It was birthed in Warcraft 3. They knew it. um, Everybody knew it. And ultimately turned into the behemoth that it is. Um, And basically, Mike Morheim has come out and said, you know, we should have done something quicker. Right, Uh, they were just you know focused on World of Warcraft, and you know quite honestly, World of Warcraft has made them billions of dollars. Yeah, right. You really can't fault them for that. Um, It's just now that they're kind of in the place where they are. But now, if you turn around and you look at what Mike Morheim said, and you compare them to Auto Chess, for example, right, or or Epic, where they did move quickly. Yes, exactly. Auto Chess was built in Dota two. It was a Dota two mod, um, and instead of waiting, you know. Ep, or uh, you know, Valve basically said, "Okay, we're making Auto Chess. In we're going to make our own standalone version of this. It's going to use Dota 2 assets, and this is going to be our thing. Uh, and that's what Dota Underlords is. And if you remember right, they announced this game title." what, like maybe eight or nine months ago? Yeah. Remember we had a, like a news post about yeah, it? yep. And we're like, oh, what is this going to be? This new game, Underlords or Under whatever it's called. Yeah, Lords of Underlords. Um, End up being an auto chess clone. And so it's not something that, so they immediately moved on auto chess when they discovered that, hey, this is a thing that people care about. Yeah. Uh, so you can see that, hey, my suspicion is that the Dota uh, version of this is going to be the one that sticks around. Yeah. Uh, just because it's it's in the same... The same vein, same character, same everything that, you know, where the genre was kind of born out of. Yeah, that actually could be kind of instructive
1: for this conversation because I think what, what in, you know, if you take what I said, which may or may not be entirely true, you know, that it's just you can't know in advance. And then you combine that with the fact that a company that can see has the foresight and and the agility to capitalize on something that is looking like it's going to do that. Uh, maybe that's the answer is it's not so much about predicting it or understanding the characteristics, but being adaptable and and being able to change your course and say, ah, that's something right now that, that maybe we need. And I can see that backfiring, too. But I mean, in the case of Fortnite, in the case of, uh, you know, auto chess, um, that that seems to be that seems to be a good quality for a company to have is is agility and mobility in the
0: market. And, yeah, and I, I think it's also just. It's unfortunate in a lot of ways um, that uh, you know studios and developers put time and effort and money into building out a game that ultimately um, is not popular or, not, or fails commercially and doesn't give them the returns that they want. I mean, I I think. Yeah,
1: look at uh, b- big Boski, uh, Cliff
0: Blazinski. Yeah, Cliff Blazinski. That's yeah. exactly what I was gonna say. Is like that game came out, and by all by all merits, it was probably was a, it was a fine game. Probably like fine. people, re- it reviewed well, and people enjoyed playing w- when they could play it. But ultimately, uh, it came out, and the timing was bad, and it just sucks that that level of a game and that quality of a game just couldn't stick just around just out. Yeah. because Overwatch was just dominating that that market share. And it's, yeah, that's true. Uh, it kind of sucks, and. And I, I feel the same way about Heroes of the Storm. I feel it's the better game and it, it sucks that it's, it's gone. And I feel like there's probably better card games that have been created. It's just Hearthstone hit the sweet spot with the timing and the sweet spot with the marketing. And there it is. And And success
1: is self-perpetuating. And so that's that's what that's what happens exactly. so sometimes it's stick-to-itiveness and uh, folks that's how we operate here on the game Bite show we're not nearly at the top of the heap oh no why are you wasting your time with us <laughs> no because we're we're awesome we're sufficiently awesome sufficiently awesome but very regular, and uh, we're going to be back to do we were this just podcast. We 10 years
0: too late on this podcast Ten- trip.
1: Why did we not uh, <laughs> p- pivot with agility toward podcasting uh, back in 2005? Uh, but uh, folks, we will be back, because we're just going to keep doing this thing. At the middle of the week, we'll be back to talk to you about the video games that we've been playing. Looks like we've already got a couple of potential candidates for this week, LeGrand. Uh, uh, Ooh, I do. Yeah, so uh, check us out in just a few days when we come back to you for that. Uh, we also uh, are found on social media if you have any comments about the stories that we've talked about if you have any opinions about the top dog syndrome that happens in video games reach out to us on social media we can be found at GameBite Show collectively you can also reach out to us individually I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont
0: You can find me at Legrand.
1: You can find Jared Redeye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I, and we also have Dale Jones, who is out on extended leave in Japan, visiting family and friends, playing some video games. We'll be happy to have him back shortly, but until then, uh, tweet at him at Count Elmdor. Find us at twitch.tv slash Game bite Show, where we do our weekly video game stream. Jared has proposed maybe we do a little more Dauntless this week for our Game Club of July 2019. If you're listening to this and haven't joined us on Discord, go over to GameByteShow.com, click on the Discord link, join us there. Uh, Uh, Get notified when we find little freebies and uh, cool little discounts wandering around in the landscape of video games. And of course, you can also comment with us on our game club and participate as we hunt behemoths in Dauntless this month. Uh, But until next time, folks, that'll do it for this episode of your Game Bite Show podcast. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.
0: See ya.